0: welcome to another episode of the no ceilings podcast i'm once again your host tyler metcalf
1: joined as always by my co-host tyler rucker tyler how's it going Doing great. I'm uh, pumped to get back at it with you. You know, we're going to be doing this a little bit more often, so I'm excited. We're we're getting some fun segments. Uh, March Madness is right around the corner, so it's it's getting exciting times around here, Metcalf. How are you doing? Most importantly, you know, you, you're the host. No one asks you how you're doing.
0: I am I, pretty darn okay. Had, had, had a hell of a week traveling for a wedding last week. Uh, so the, entirely my fault why we couldn't get two pods out. Um, but hopefully that will be the schedule going forward, which I'm super excited about. Uh, you mentioned it's already almost March Madness, which is blowing my mind. It feels like the season started last week, so I, I'm still trying to adjust to that new reality.
1: It's amazing, like, how quick February's gone. Like, we, I feel like at No Ceilings, we've been talking the last couple of weeks, where, or maybe even the last couple of months, where we're like. Man, when when March gets, it's going to be really crazy over here just with all the stuff we've got planned and now all of a sudden I I blinked and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's almost here." So, I hear I hear exactly what you're saying. It's going to be crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are pretty much here. Uh lo- looking at schedules and seeing, you know, 5 reg 5 to 7 regular season games left is throwing me off, making me panic a little bit. Um but earlier something we did earlier in the season with a very much smaller sample size was panic meter and guys right. that we were panicking about, you know, to, to different levels. Some not at all, some a little more than others. And now that we have a much more substantial um sample size and stats and footage and film to go off of, I wanted to kind of revisit that because big boards across the land are expanding out to 35 40 60 80 players for a lot of people and we have we're getting a really good sense of where these guys should be landing what type of types of players they are now and how legitimate are the flashes that they've shown so for this week's episode or for today's episode i wanted to revisit that and we're both bringing three guys to the to the table um I don't know who you're gonna bring up, so hopefully it's someone I'm in love with, so we can have a, have a, a, a little bit of dialogue. Um, but the guy I want to start off with is—I I feel bad bringing him up. He's a guy we've talked about the first time, and my feelings haven't changed a ton. And that's okay. Jalen Duran. Okay, Uh center from Memphis. It's—I I just don't know what to do with him. I, I get the athleticism. He—he's a freak athlete, at least vertically. Um, and I, I the. His ability to finish at the rim with dunks is really impressive. I'm just not sure he really knows what he's doing on the court. Um, and when you compare him to a guy like Mark Williams, who I'm super high on, I don't think they're that far apart. I get the ceilings are drastically different, but I think for Duran to really hit that ceiling, so many things are going to have to go right for him. I still have him late lottery, but I, I'm, I'm just, I'm clinging to flashes and clinging to potential. Wait, where are you, where are you at right now with Duran? Cause I, I know earlier in the season, you were kind of like, mm, I, I'm struggling with it.
1: Yeah. So for everyone listening, like me and Ty talked about doing this segment. We wanted to kind of bring it back and we stayed firm with like, we're not telling each other who we're picking. And I'm glad you brought up Duran because Literally that was the one guy I was looking at. And my problem is I, me and you were cold on him in the beginning of the year, because we've talked about this on previous no ceilings podcasts. just like the athletic bigs that are really raw. You get nervous about scouting because, you know, when you look at these guys, you can always seem to find the, the tail end of the first round bigs that potentially can offer similar, you know, traits when it comes to impacting a team, impacting a rotation. And I'm like you, I think you worded it perfectly. You know, we're clinging to these flashes because we understand how, you know, young Duran is. That's always what me and you keep bringing up. It's like how young he is. He's going to be one of the youngest players in this draft class. I think I've, you know, I personally have him 11th and it's just one of those weird things where I'm like, okay, I want to move him up. You know, I I just keep wanting to inch him up because I'm a believer of the flashes. I'm a believer Mm -hmm. that he can be this freakish franchise center. He's going to be 18 years old on draft day. Um, I think even when I did the draft act podcast with Corey, Corey was like, he's going to be 18 years old when he plays his first game, which is just remarkable to think of. So I'm like you, we keep seeing flashes and they're almost teasing like us because each one is something we all want to see happen. It's like a new tease, a new type of flash. So I don't know. I, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm not really panicking on him. It's just, tough to kind of figure out is he going to unlock this skill playing in the nba is he going to be this player that you just have to be patient with like he almost might need a redshirt his first year i don't know because you know he he recently had a strong game um showed some great plays there uh, I'm, I'm blanking off the top of my head who it was against but um i just i just yeah i, I just I'm like you, I, I'm lukewarm. Like I want to buy in, but I, I need to see more consistent flashes. And like, he's shown a little bit of like touch with the outside shot, but I'm just still, I'm not in yet. I, and I want to be.
0: Yeah. I, I The, the, the age and the athleticism I keep going back to, because they are two just such unique aspects of who he is as a player right now. And he should be in high school right now and he might be the most vertically explosive center in the country right now which are two just an absurd combination that you really could ask for from your a young center but i i want to start on the offensive end because i don't know what he is in the nba um i, I think the the vertical spacing is legitimate Um, but the way he operates from the dunker spot feels clunky. It doesn't feel like he has great spatial awareness of when and where to relocate or cut out of that. And, you know, I, in the backdrop of all of these arguments is obviously the situation and their lack of ball handling, the lack of ball movement, the lack of shooting on that team. It's the worst situation I think he could possibly be in. So I can't emphasize that enough that I, I do believe that, but he still isn't showing that movement. He isn't showing that spatial awareness of when to cut in off the dunker spot, when to slip a screen versus, you know, really plant a firm screen. Um, I don't trust the shot. I think you're a little higher on it than I am. I think his mechanics are a little meh and shot comes out flat a lot. And then something that everyone keeps going to is the passing and what and oh he could, and that he could be this awesome passer. We've seen some flashes of that out of the post with those one-handed over the shoulder stuff and that's awesome, but those also come when he gets doubled. And I don't see a world where his post game is good enough that an NBA team is going to be like, let's go to let's go double team him. And if that's not happening, then those passing lanes vanish immediately and I don't think he can create his own shot right now. Obviously, again, DH argument is there. I get that. But based on what he's showing, I think the ball skills are severely lacking. And I just, I don't know if he's more than just a vertical spacing rim runner out of the pick and roll on offense.
1: Yeah. I think he's going to be, you know, when I'm saying like, he's shown some flashes with the shot, I'm right there with you. It's flashes, but you're like, okay, this looks like it potentially can develop into something with a lot of repetition and work because I'm like you, it's a bit of a line drive. It's very flat. Um, He's shown some flashes in the paint, but I don't think he's like, he's shown some flashes on some post-ups where I'm like, that's some nice footwork. I don't think he's anywhere close to being a guy that you feed him the ball and say, go to work on a consistent level. I think he's just too raw and um, still too much to do. I just think he's one of those guys where I think if a team could draft him and say like almost dummy down the offense while he Continues to develop where he's like, we don't need you to be a scoring asset right away. We need you to play good defense, rebound your your ass off, and you know, be a lob threat. Where you, you know, I'm just looking at the mock drafts. I was just looking at Tankathon where I'm like, you know, even like Portland if he goes there with Dame, uh, you know, and it's like, okay, Dame's gonna score. You got to go set screens and roll, and he's gonna make life easy for you. Or even you know, San Antonio's been a, a team where. Has been projected to take Durant, someone like that, where they have some young pieces, they have some wings, and you just put them somewhere where it's like you're going to take time to develop. We're not rushing you at all. I, I'm like you. He's just one of those prospects where I think he's just going to take a ton of you know development, and you have to be patient because I I don't think the passing like people have been comparing him to Bam. I don't even think he's close to Bam right no. now. I think the feel is way, way different than what Bam had coming out of college. But it's not saying it won't get there. It's just saying it might take a couple of years to get there.
0: Yeah, the, I, I think the Bam comparisons at this point are pretty ludicrous. And, right, you know, I, I, I get the pushback is that, well, Bam never showed any of that stuff at Kentucky. It's like, okay, yeah, well, Carl Anthony Towns also didn't really show that he was the best shooting big man ever at Kentucky either. And yet here we are. So. Duran is still kind of being put in positions to show this stuff. And he isn't at a consistent basis. You mentioned some potential landing spots, I think San Antonio makes a lot of sense, um, especially with the emergence of DeJounte Murray at point. I think having that really quality point guard is going to be crucial for him. Um, Even Oklahoma city, I think would be really good because they'll be patient. They have a lot of really, really impressive on ball creators. And then even like, if he can, if he falls some Charlotte at 14, well, they're currently at 14 who, you know, they'll change. Um, but playing there and just being asked to screen rim run for LaMelo and then being that, you know, drop coverage big, I think that would be really important to for him because I struggle to see a world where he is a really effective defender in a scheme that's not drop coverage, I know a lot of people are kind of hyping him up as like this versatile, potentially switchable big. I don't see it. I, I think he's really heavy footed. Um, I, I think there's Corey who threw out there's either you or Corey who threw out a question a couple weeks ago on is Duran heavy footed um, in the no ceilings chat. And I, I think he is, I think he has really slow feet. I, I think he is. I do
1: too. And Corey keeps telling me I'm crazy. And I'm like, man, he looks like he has cinder blocks for feet sometimes. And, I forget how Corey worded it, but I was like, "Can you please explain that in English?" He's like, "He's got heavy and quick feet." I was like, "That doesn't exist."
0: That's not helpful. (laughs) Uh, But like, so who who I keep comparing him to is like Mark Williams, and the way Mark Williams moves his feet and flips his hips and is always on balance, we never see that. Well, I shouldn't say never we we don't see that as much from duran and i I think for quicker guards, it's a lot easier to turn the corner on Duran than it is a guy like Mark Williams and I think Duran is way more eager to flip his hips to turn and chase than to slide his feet and use his length to contain a lot of that is you know fundamental stuff that you learn and develop and get better at, so I'm not ruling it out, but you know we the what we always talk about is we get scared of these uber-athletic guys who have always just relied on their athleticism and strength, and Duran continues to seem like he's purely relying on his athleticism and strength, and if those technical skills on the defensive end don't really pick up, you know, I I, I don't think he's going to be the versatile defender that a lot of people are pegging him as. Where are you at with him defensively?
1: You know, you bring up a really good point about Mark Williams compared to Duran because I haven't really thought of this until you just said that. Um, and, you know, Mark like went back for his sophomore year. Yeah. He's obviously, it looks like the the development has definitely been fantastic. And Duran could be a guy like that where it's like another year he takes off. But I think the thing with, and I didn't want to go off this too long, but I think the thing with Mark Williams that has me always excited compared to Duran is Mark Williams, like acceleration looks way quicker um, than Durant. I feel like Durant's this load up process to get to like moving side to side. I feel like when Mark Williams wants to get somewhere, he like quickly goes zero to hundred as fast as he can. Now I'm not saying he doesn't get blown by or stuff like that, but I, just, right. I think the energy, the, the effort is there more consistently where he realizes like, oh, I got to move. And then he's just going all out. Duran just, like I said, he has the potential to be a dominant force when it comes to shot blocking, just because of his vertical pop, his athleticism, for sure. I, I'm right there. Um, I'm not sold on the versatility with guarding like one through five. Um, it's so hard to just say big men can always guard one through five because it's just, yeah. it's just really tough to always pencil those guys into it. Um so I'm not sold there. He's shown some nice containment on the perimeter with some guys. Like, he's done a good job contesting. His his length has helped him out on that. Maybe his next team can kind of put him in a position where, like, you're lengthy. You could take another step back and still be fine. You'll never know. It It, it is dependent on what system he falls and if the right staff gets their hands on him. I just think this is going to be one that puzzles us the rest of the year because, you know, Memphis, I – bearing some shocker. I, I don't think he's going to be playing into the tourney. Um, and I just think it's going to be this buzz of him getting in front of teams and pre-drafts and our teams convinced that he looks better and he could be better than one nightmare year at Memphis. I think it's just going to keep puzzling us as evaluators. But um, I would say the defense is definitely something that I want to go back and just like watch like a hawk because I'm like you, I, I'm puzzling with this guy. And it's been this way the whole year. When I see flashes, I get excited. And then they seem like they go away for three long months. Or, you know, when I'm trying to say it, it's just like, come back, please. I want more.
0: Yeah. So I, I currently have him at 11 because I, I the, the situation, the age, the explosiveness, all that, I, I know how special it could be. I just, I, I I need to see like a five game stretch of it constantly showing up on a consistent basis but i we've talked enough duran we've talked about him before we'll talk about him again especially once he gets in these empty gyms and his adonis figure just stuns these old white front offices um which will do wait am i up yeah yeah who's who's the first guy
1: all right all right i'm gonna bring up someone that me and you love pretty closely because I feel like it's important that we need to talk about it. And it's going to be a little close to your heart. But I, I, I'm, mm. I'm struggling with our boy, Caleb Watson. Um, Houston? Caleb Houston. See? See, I'm combining <laughs> two people now. Caleb Houston. Um, wow, that'd be fun if they were both combined. Uh, I just... I don't know. Here's what I'm struggling. And it's not like a panic, panic meter. It's just one of those, like, I don't know if he should declare. And that's where I'm struggling right now. I'm like, okay, because like I've he's, he was struggling at the beginning of the year. I've been tracking him because I've loved him. He had a nice stretch of like four games where he finished in double figures. Then he goes to six points. Then he has an 11 point bounce back, then six points, then 14, and then five. So I just don't know if it's, and you're Mr. Michigan, so you could tell me this. Like, I still love his feel, I love the way he plays the game. I think he does so much more that shows up not in the box score. I think NBA teams could still be fascinated with Caleb Houston, especially like a playoff team if they get their hands on him might be like, oh, we, we got him. Like, we're going to go jump all over this kid because he's a perfect asset to groom. Just because of his basketball awareness, um, his feel for the game on the floor, like both ways. I just don't know... If he should declare. And that's why I'm asking you, Mr. Michigan, Tyler Metcalf, like, am I freaking out about Caleb Houston? Do Does he stay? Or do you think he's the type of player that's going to intrigue smart front offices enough where they're going to be like, could this be a promise guy? I just thought of that while I'm talking to you. Could this be an NBA team being like, if you're there at 27, we're taking you. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? So.
0: Yeah, so I, you just read my mind on that where – I just going to answer we, that. We do
1: this, folks. That's why we do this. That's why we got chemistry every day. No.
0: So if if I was like a fully cemented playoff team, like Bucks or you know even Memphis or Chicago, yeah, or Miami, and I I don't need a rookie to come in and really contribute right now, I'm I'm making him a promise in that twenty to thirty range, at the, wherever we land and I'm like, we will bring you in. We'll get you in a weight training program. We will get you in a shooting program and all of it will become consistent. And you will be NBA ready by year two, because I think the mental aspect of the game, he's NBA ready, um, especially on offense because the, the the way he moves off ball, the way he moves the ball um, and the way he runs in transition and makes these awesome runs that pull defenders that create, cutting lanes or driving lanes for his teammates. Um so much of his off ball movement creates for others and not just himself. Uh the the outside shooting's up to like 36% on the year, which you know still isn't where we wanted it to be for him coming into the season. But I, I think it's all really gonna come down to what does he want? Does he want to be a top ten pick or does he want to be in the NBA? And I think kind of similar to Duran where if Houston gets in one of these or gets in an empty gym and just starts knocking down threes and going through the work and an NBA front office gets really impressed with his feel and his IQ and his passing. I I, I think a promise at the end of the first is more than warranted. And I, I still have him at 17, which I know is a lot higher than most people. Um, but I, I really believe in like that long-term development.
1: It's, it's funny while you were talking about that, I'm looking at his game logs first seven games of the year. He was shooting 28%. You know what he's shooting his last eight games from three. What's it like 40, 44%. So yeah. I, I, I'm like you. Cause I also looked while you were talking about like playoff teams that would want him. And you look at, like I'm going through all these teams. Memphis. This is all like 25 and on. I'm um, Tankathon's latest mock draft. Memphis, Chicago, Miami, Golden State. I feel every single team would be like, yes, we would love Caleb Houston. Like he would be a fantastic early bench asset that they don't need him to do much. They need him to come in and play basketball the right way. And I just think, like, even if you have him at the end of the first in your big board or you know, early second round. I still think that's the type of guy teams would be like nightmare year. Great tools. Knows how to play the game. will be a fantastic bench asset. Yes. Like bring him on in. So I was just thinking of that. That could be a promise guy. And as nightmare of a year, he has, that still could be an intriguing guy. Are they going to make the tourney?
0: That went over. They need to win. Certainly helped. Um, they're going to have to win a couple big ones down the stretch here and lo- losing to Ohio state didn't help beating number three Purdue in yeah. huge fashion was a monster win for them. Um, yeah. And they, I, I think they're going to be right there on the edge. I think if they make like the semis of the big 10 tournament, I think that'd probably put them in. Um, but I think that's a lot to ask given how that team is played. Um, and, you know, kind of similar to Duran, I think Caleb Houston would, is another one of those guys who would significantly benefit from having a, a more kind of game managing point guard, because um, Devonte Jones, unfortunately, is not that not 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 to take shots unnecessarily. At Devonte Jones, he's a nice scoring guard in college, but uh, not a guy that really elevates those around him.
1: They're gonna the Warriors are gonna draft him and just say Clay Thompson's your best friend. Don't ever leave his side. And gonna like <laughs> turn all. It's gonna be beautiful. Um hit well, me with the so, next guy.
0: So n- next up, I'm pretty sure you are kind of with me on this. Oh, Blake no. Wesley. I
1: thought you were going to Okay, Blake
0: Wesley? Yeah.
1: Oh no, this is who I was going to say. Oh gosh, I'm sorry for okay. everyone that loves Blake Wesley. This is going to get dangerous.
0: I don't get it. I've I seen people have it. him. I've seen people have him top 10. Um among players in high major conferences, he has the seventh highest usage rate. And I think he's one of the most inefficient scoring guards in the country. Uh, I need 41% from the floor, 31% from three, 64% from the line. I think the shooting mechanics are a travesty and pretty much different on every shot. Um, when he shoots off the catch, he brings it down to his left hip and up across his body and then releases in a different spot. Go ahead. um, I, I think he frequently drives without a plan. And there was when, when I did that Friday screener on Mark Williams pick and roll defense, there was one where he tried to drive into the chest of Mark Williams and Williams just ate him. Um, I He doesn't have NBA strength yet. I I'm encouraged by the defense. I like the I, I like his defensive effort. I think that's all really promising. But the way he plays on offense suggests that he should be a twenty-point-per-game scorer on decent efficiency, and he is just a chucker who doesn't really have much of a plan. Uh, some of the space creation flashes are interesting, but those shooting mechanics are so broken that I, I don't know how an NBA team is like. Yeah, here's the ball, go create anything. Um, yeah, so I, I I have Wesley in like the mid-second. Uh, because, I again, I like the defense. I think there are some intriguing things with the athleticism. And then the space creation, I think, is legitimate eventually. But for an NBA team to see his production, see those shooting mechanics and really buy in in the first round, I, I don't understand it.
1: For everyone listening, this isn't meant to hate on a guy. Um, because we have a lot of people at no ceilings that are big Blake Wesley supporters. Um, but I don't get it. I'm right there with you and I'm not trying to rag on him. I think there's tools. I think there's some Mm -hmm. serious tools that can develop. I just don't think this is like, I think he should go back. I think he should look at Jaden Ivy and watch what he just did in one year. And I think he should be like, if I do that, I'm going to... skyrocket in the next draft class because like there's there's good tools he's got good size he's got some shiftiness I'm really happy that you um called out that shooting form the load up because a lot of people have been talking to me about Wesley and I was like okay I'll check him out and the first time I watched him I saw like a an example of that and I was like whoa I was like he brings it to like his knee on some shots and some yeah and it's really exaggerated Yeah, it's really exaggerated. It's like a robotic loading process. And then you see some where he like gets it up really fast. So I'm like, okay, he just got to get rid of that as fast as possible. And I know some people might point out, well, like, oh, he had space to load up. And it's like, no, that space is going to like shorten up in the NBA. And it, it was just like amazing how low he brought it. The shot selection, like I understand, he's probably being asked to carry the load offensively, playing for Notre Dame. Like I get all of that stuff, but there's just some wild, erratic shots. And I mean, you know, I've talked about this before. I don't like to overanalyze like one stretch of the year, but I do think it's important to track how like a prospect is progressing. And like beginning of the year, you know, his first 18 games, he was 15-3-2. Um, shooting 44.7 percent from the field 33.3 percent from three like that's fine okay that's fine Mm -hmm. you'd like to see the three point be a little bit better last seven games he's 12 points a game four rebounds three assists he's shooting 32 percent from the field and 25 percent from three so everyone that was like oh top 10 i was like whoa what like I understand there's some offensive firepower there. Like he's got some tools, but I was like, we need more consistency. Um, he's, I know he's got good size at like six, five. I still think he's a little thin framed. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just don't know. Like, is this guy you're drafting him as a ball handler, like primary ball handler? Are you dressing him as an off guard? Like there's just too many questions. And I, I'm guilty of saying like, I need to watch Blake Wesley way more. I'm just concerned of like the brief sample size I've watched. That I was just a little bit like, I, I, eh. I was like, I have him as an. I think I have him 35th right now. Um, I felt bold about having him that high. Um, just saying, like I, I kept looking. I was like, I kind of want to move him down, and I just need to watch him more. But I'm right there with you. I, I think there's flashes. I just think this is a guy that like he's having a rough stretch right now. Maybe he does some wonders with another year where he could really benefit from working on his craft and skyrocketing up the boards.
0: Yeah, and I, I have him at 41 right now because I just don't see how his, his body can hold up against NBA competition. And, you know, probably admittedly, it wouldn't he probably be more G League? Uh, Route and developmental. I think he's gonna at this point. I think he's a multi-year project. the The flashes are really interesting. The like when 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 it's clicking for him, it's like oh okay now I'm kind of seeing it. It's just so infrequent that we are really seeing those flashes, and just those shooting mechanics are brutal. But every time I watch him, someone who pops to mind who is one of these, you know, legitimate development success stories is jordan Poole. and the way they kind of play i don't think is too dissimilar do you think that he could reach something like that i and i i think that would be a really really great outcome for him and i i get that he's a much better defender currently now than jordan pool was at this point in college or do you think that he has the tools to really excel past that and be maybe kind of a combo starting scoring guard. I,
1: I definitely think there's that route. I, I'm just trying to figure out like, are you considering him a two um, at the next level? Because like pool, it, it's always funny because whenever pool gets brought up, I was like, that was one of my scariest evaluations ever because I was just like, no, like I was like, no. I was just horrified at the shot selection. And he went to the right team. He went to a team that was like, you got to work on your craft. You got to spend some time in the G league. He worked his butt off. Like I think it's awesome. It's not like yeah. I was rooting against him. I just was like the, the erratic shot selection in college. Someone's got to you know tone it down a little bit. Now he's put in the time. He's he's thriving with Golden State. So yeah, if he could go to a team like that, that's like hey, you know that ain't gonna work right out of the gate. You, you're gonna have to earn your minutes. You're gonna have to earn your shots because you can't just be this potential late first round pick, or you can't even be an early pick and just expect that if you're playing with a bunch of veterans, you're going to get all the looks in the world. So I I definitely think there's that path. I I just think he might benefit from being this guy that's like, okay, I had a little tough stretch at the end of the year. What if I spend all off seasons going to work and get back and, and just take off for Notre Dame next year. So I don't know. I, I mean, what do you think he still declares Metcalf, like what would you think? Throw the, throw the opinion about how we feel about him. Like if you're looking at him as a prospect.
0: Yeah. I I think a lot of it is going to come down to what happens in like those pre-draft workouts with him. And I I think he could be one of those guys, um, similar to what we mentioned with Houston as being like a potential promise. Um, yeah. Kind of how Jordan, Jordan pool was with the warriors because that's what happened with him. Um, I mean, I, I think he would be better served to go back for another year, really work on his body, really work on those shooting mechanics. But then I'm not sure that going back to school for another year is the best spot for him to do that. Because I think those shooting mechanics need a ton of work. And may, maybe the NBA is the best spot for him to get that. Um, so I, I think if he gets a promise, I think he should go um, and be a first-round pick. Get and be willing to put the work in and stuff like that. But if NBA teams are like, eh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not, you know, you, you got to get stronger. You have to be more creative around the rim. You have to have a better plan when you drive. You have to really fix these shooting mechanics and show a consistent mechanical change, even if the percentages don't really jump, just showing that improved mechanics on a nightly basis you know if they're giving him that feedback then i would say go back for another year do that work your ass off over the summer do what Drayden ivy did um and really show that okay yeah i i can improve, i can get stronger i can be a better shooter um and then then i would be more comfortable with like okay yes this is a first round guy but right now i just i don't see him as a, as a first round talent
1: yeah, I, I I think I'm right there with you. Um okay. Enough of hating on Blake Wesley. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame. Um I can't I can't get into this guy. I'm trying, I can't do it. Um JD Davison, Alabama. I I, I so I have this thing with athletic freak point guards because you get by in high school. You don't get by. You dominate high school with your athleticism right. because you're going to be 90% of the time even higher, just the best player athletically on the court. So you can hide a lot of your weaknesses or holes in your game just by pure athleticism and being you know, quicker, a better jumper and all that stuff. And I just always get a little cautious with guys that – still have to figure out how to be a point guard. And it's it's not just, like, scoring or, you know, different putting teammates in position to succeed. You have to understand, like, how to read defenses, all that stuff. And and I just see some flashes with Davidson, but they're too rare, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it could be the, the system, or it could just be the situation he's in with Spama. Like, they have a ton of guards on that roster that can really play. But I just – he seems like a guy that needs to go back to me. And, you know, let me just say this out there. Like I'm not trying to root against anyone. I'm not saying like, Oh, all these guys need to go back. They're no good. I'm just saying like maybe another year for some of these guys, they could all of a sudden become a mid first round pick and make a lot more money and have a better long-term security. That's what I'm rooting for with every prospect. So I don't know. I'm interested to get your thoughts about Davison. You took my Blake Wesley, so I kind of had to pivot and figure out someone, and then I was just looking at my big board, and um, he's been a guy that's puzzled me. Um, I, I understand some people are high on him. I get it. Like It's very exciting when you have an athletic point guard, and I think he's supposed to have like freakish wingspan. He's going to have some great measurements. I just think he might need some more time to – learn how to play with his speed. Because like the Gonzaga game, if you go back and watch that, you're like, shit, this guy can play. And then you all of a sudden see a little bit more come back down to earth and there's some inconsistencies. So um, I just want to see a more consistent slate of performances because I do feel like it's been a bit of a roller coaster. And maybe, like I said, maybe that's just because he's playing with the roster that almost kind of goes with the hot hand when it comes to the guards and the ball handlers. So what what are you thinking, Ty? me with
0: it. Uh, I, I'm kind of out on Davison as a guy for this year. Um, and, you know, y- you mentioned it. I can't stress it enough in this podcast, any previous podcast or any future podcast. None of this is personal. We're never rooting against these guys. We always want them to succeed and do well. And we are full supporters of going back for back to school for another year or two or three or however long it takes. I just I, I think he's more athlete than basketball player right now. Um, I, I, the athleticism is really impressive. Um, you know, the, that huge dunk that he had on Walker Kessler is enough evidence to be like, okay, yeah, this dude's, a, you know, a, a 95th percentile athlete at his position. Um, really good getting to the rim, just awesome in transition. It's everything else, unfortunately. And I, I don't trust the shot. I think his impact is. I I think he constantly disappears from games. Um I his ability to kind of improvise I think isn't that great and for someone of that athleticism once you drive um at that speed at that, you know, velocity you really have to be able to make decisions quickly and react to what the defensive rotations or lack thereof are doing and I don't think he does that very well. And he gets stripped on drives a lot. I, I think his ball security is pretty rough. Um, so I, I, I absolutely think going back for another year, letting the game mentally slow down a bit for him right now, because right now the way he plays, he plays at such a high pace, but it seems like his processing is also frantically you know, going that speed where if he can come back for another year and just get that maturity, that understanding and mentally slow the game down, I think they'll do wonders for him because that, that athleticism few are going to match him in that realm. Um, And like you mentioned, th- there are flashes that's like, Oh, okay. Yes. And, you know, I think a lot of those come when he attacks off the dribble and like makes these really impressive kickout passes. And then, so if he can come back and show more of that for another year and really, a high understanding of how to dissect the defense or not even a high understanding, just an improved and more consistent understanding. I, I think that would be so important for him and his draft stock and just his, you know, future development as a professional player.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, you're saying, we're not rooting against these kids. There's talent there. Like I, I'm not trying to dog JD Davidson. Like he has talent. There is plenty of tools to get exciting about. I'm just saying he might need another year for it all to come together and be the player that we think he's going to be because like he's having a solid stretch of games. Um, he's had, you know, 11, 18 and 14 in his last five games, but he's also had a game where he had zero points. So, I mean, and that's in 24 minutes, there's yep. just all over the place. And his, his 11 point performance, he had six turnovers. So it's just like you're saying, I think this is a guy that needs that time to come back, have the game slow down because now he's just playing you know, full pedal to the metal. And sometimes it's going to get him in trouble because he's all these lanes that were there in high school for him to blow by guys. Now they're collapsing and he's having to make quick decisions like you're saying. So um, I just, I definitely think it's a guy that has all the talent. Like he has the talent to be a legit point guard at the next level. He just might need some more time to work on that craft. And I think it could just be in his better interest to have another year in which, he could become a first round pick. It's some security compared to maybe if he goes out this year, he ends up falling and goes in the second round and then he's battling for life to make it to a roster. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of uh, question marks, but this also could be a guy that goes to the combine and plays and tears everyone apart. And all of a sudden, you know, becomes this guy that everyone's like, Whoa, okay. You know, maybe it's the Josh Primo effect where, um, we talked about that in the last pot. Like maybe J.D. Davison's the guy where you draft him a year early, like the pre-draft process. So, um, yeah. Hit, hit me. What you got next? This is your third and final, right?
0: Yeah, so so this is the last one. This is a guy who I've had in the 30s for the last couple of years um, until yeah. he decided to go back. Uh, hasn't had a tough year. I'm not out on him. Um, I'm, I'm confused by him. I'm mid-tier panic meter. And, you know, that, that, that may not even be the right term, but Terrence Shannon, Jr. Okay, um, Just, I don't, I don't know what it is. His production seems very boomer boss this year where it's 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists, or it's like, he wasn't even there. Um, I think. I'm hoping part of that is due to kind of injuries. He's, he's been in and out of the lineup for a lot of the year. There's so much that I still really like, Uh, and he's awesome in transition shooting off the catch when he's unguarded is in the 94th percentile, which is encouraging 92nd percentile around the basket, but there's almost no on ball creation to his game. 13th percentile in pick and roll 19th percentile in isolation, but I'm not too worried about that in the NBA nba because i don't think he'll ever really be asked to do that um i think it'll mostly be hey can you knock down corner threes can you defend can you run in transition and those are all things he can do um i'm just i don't know what to do with the inconsistent production and it seems he he's been a guy who's been really hyped up by draft twitter these last couple years and it seems to almost have fallen silent uh this year with him I, I, I like what I've liked what I've seen the previous years. I'm, I am I want to base it just on the, the inconsistencies this year on, you know, na- nagging injuries or illnesses, or I, I don't remember exactly what's kept him out of games, but where are you at with uh, Shannon?
1: Um, frustrated because I was a big Terrence Shannon believer last year. Yeah. Um, I thought he was – probably going to end up being sort of like an early second round guy. And I'm, I was hoping for a jump back. I was pretty pumped when he said that he's going to go back. I was like, okay, he could really take another step forward Mm -hmm. if that offensive game comes around because you know how special he can be defensively. He's got some athleticism. He's got the potential to guard multiple positions at a high level. I just don't, I don't know where you're at with him this year if you're looking at him as like an NBA team because you you see the intrigue. Um I think someone's probably gonna be drooling over Herb Jones of what he's done this year with the Pelicans and being like, could this be Terrence Shannon? But like Herb was also a fantastic playmaker yeah. and asset for Bama last year. I don't know about Shannon. He's one of those guys puzzling me too. Um that's probably going to be like when I'm having a really annoying day, I'll turn on and Sharon's film and be like, okay, let's figure this out. Like what's going on here? Because I do think the defense could make him an intriguing second round flyer for some smart team where they're like, Hey, if we could just have a defensive act. like we need a wing who can defend the crap out of the ball. I think Terrence Shannon's going to be pretty high on your board if you're trying to yeah. find some value in the second. So I just don't know. I, I I don't really know where to put him in my board right now. Um, kind of just go all over the place because I don't know if you're, you're thinking of upside or what he could become or you're still dreaming of like, hey, maybe this was just a nightmare year. I know Texas Tech had a lot of pieces leave. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's a really good one. I didn't even think of that. Um, I just feel like in this draft, you're going to get to a range in the second where, like, Shannon becomes enticing. Like, now, I'm just spitballing Mm -hmm. off the top of my head. Like, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty with the second round. And I think teams might target specific skill sets. And I think Shannon's defense really could save him because... He could be a guy that you put in the G League early to work on the offense, and if that could come around on a respectable level where he's becoming a dangerous rotation defender who could spot up and hit some shots, then yeah, he might be someone that hangs around the league for a long time. So I don't, I don't know. That's that's an interesting one. You got me puzzled now.
0: Yeah. And it's just, I, I will, I expected more. I think a, a lot of it is a symptom of expectations because I, I expected so much more from him this year and, you know, circumstances out of his control have kept him out of some games. Um, So I, I really want to chalk it up to that, but then, you know, it's like, I look at my rankings and based on production and what he's done this year, it's like, Oh, well, I'm struggling to have you higher than the fifties. And right, I've, given his athleticism and where I've had him the previous two years, it feels like I should have him higher. But then there also isn't this extraordinary growth that I wanted him to show where it's like, okay, now the outside shootings in the high thirties or whatever. And you know, it's down to 32% on almost four attempts a game, but the free throw percentage is up to 85 on three attempts a game. Um, So it's just the inconsistencies this year. I am really hoping that he has a strong, like a really strong, um, end to the season, or at least just a consistent end to the season. I, I want to see like a really steady stretch of play from him on both ends of the floor because I, I think he has it in there. I just haven't seen a ton of it this year, and I I just worry that okay, well, maybe he has to go back to school for a senior season, and you know, it it, it is what it is, but like at this point I'm kind of questioning if he's even you know the best NBA prospect on that team which is so is which is a spot I, I did not expect coming into the season
1: yeah I I that definitely is it's also problematic if you start watching a team drooling over a guy and you're like okay you might not even be the best prospect <laughs> on this team like I don't know I, it, it just doesn't seem like there's been a stat forward yeah it, it, it seems like which we're is a kind problem stuck in the mud. yeah which is which is a problem and I'm like you. Maybe it is the injuries. I know he's been kind of banged up a little bit for the entire year. Um, he had a strong stretch to start out the year. Um, and it just kind of seems like it's just been hit or miss every game since. So I'm like you. Um, oh, boy. I have one more. And I kind of want to – can I get a little crazy with this? Is yeah, it okay please. with you?
0: Please. It would be All weird right. if you didn't.
1: I'm going to call myself out and – Switch this up. I'm not worried about a prospect. I'm worried that I don't love him enough. And I know okay. that you got, I think you like this guy a lot. So this might be fun. I'm worried. I don't are here. I'm worried. I'm being a wimp and I don't, I'm not ballsy enough to say that I love Iverson Molinar more than I do. Hmm. Um, I have him 36 on my big board. Yes. okay. I hear all of you out there saying that's a little rich. I think it's low. I love everything he does. Everyone's going to point out the three-point percentage. I'm fine with it. I think he's been carrying the load offensively. He's got to do a lot for that team. I just love the way he plays the game. I, I really do think this is a guy that, with an uncertain point guard class, there's questions everywhere. I just feel like I need to be more ballsy and say Molinar needs to be going a lot higher than he should and i'm not talking like lottery i'm just saying like he seems like a, a, a late first for a team that's like we need point guard a rotation point guard to, like for some strong depth like he just plays the game the right way he understands what he's supposed to do i love his feel i don't know I, that's just a wild card one i just every time i watch him or look at his name on my board. I'm like, man, I deserve to move you up. I don't know what's holding me back. And like I said, I understand if everyone wants to point out his three point percentage, but I do think the guy can hit the three from pretty deep when he gets the chance. I, I just, I think he plays the game the right way. He seems always under control, just calm. And like, there's no panic. Like he, like JD Davison needs to lock himself in a room and watch how Molinar uses his gears, and it would unlock a whole nother world. But bad jokes aside, tell me what you're thinking, Metcalf. Uh, so
0: I have Molinar at 32 right Good. now. Good. Okay. Um, and I like this. So, so Nick and I actually just got done talking about him on the NBA deep dive podcast, and Nick wrote about him last week for No Ceilings. And Nick was saying that he just moved him into the first round, even. Um, I wouldn't be stunned if he's the second best point guard from this class, um, especially de- depending on how you kind of classify Dyson Daniels. Um, and I, I have him one spot behind Taron Armstrong because I, I just can't quit Taron Armstrong right now. Um, but I so I'll run through this. So you you brought up the outside shooting; it's at twenty nine percent from three right now. Not good. Right? Uh, not it's good. at thirty. 30- it was at 37% his freshman year, 43.6% last year, and his throw percentage has done nothing but climb from 76% to 80 to now 89.5%. So
1: really everything strong. you it- just said is really important for everyone right. listening because, like, he's shown he can be lethal from outside. I just think now he's taking on this bigger offensive role, and you can see that that's – it's hit. it's hurting the percentages go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you it's, that's just really important and no. the free throw percentages is important too
0: yeah it, it's just they're, they're really strong indicators and it, it makes the outside percentage this year feel a little more fluky but i i think the increased load is important um other kind of uh encouraging indicators uh give it, about his touch are he's in the 96th percentile on runners 93rd percentile around the basket he's in the 81st percentile shooting off the catch unguarded. guarded it's the dribble off the jumper that really hurts him uh he's in the 21st percentile there and then the 27th percentile shooting off the catch when he's guarded i don't know what it is with the shot from the mid-range it looks perfect it looks fluid it looks consistent and then he stretches it out to three and it's almost like there's like this like li- weird little hitch at the top where he's trying to generate a little more power. So I, I don't know if it's just a strength thing um, or he's just getting tired because of the, incre- in, you know, the, the higher offensive responsibilities that he has this year. But the other thing that you said is that he always seems under control. And I could not agree more with that because I absolutely adore his decision-making it's not he's not this flashy playmaker where he's manipulating defenses and all this stuff but he i think he's a legitimate three-level scorer which allows him to pretty regularly beat that first line of defenders and get into the paint and get into that mid-range and then his decision making from there has been so impressive with just countering whatever the defensive rotation is and taking whatever they give him whether it's a simple kickout whether it's a dump off to a cutter whether it's a floater a hesitation to a layup it, it's almost like he's just constantly making the right decisions. And, you know, I, I don't know if he has starting level point guard upside, but I certainly think he could be a starter next to a more kind of jumbo initiator, or at least be the, you know, a six man, um, point guard off the bench. So offensively, I, I just, you know, I, I always kind of, separate playmakers and passers. I think he's an excellent passer. I uh, love his decision-making and really think he's a, a he will be a legitimate three-level scorer.
1: Um, I was just thinking of a weird pro comparison that I was going to have a hot take and throw it out there. And I just realized, okay, yeah, I actually might, I might go out here and say this, everyone listening, you guys can call me crazy. So while you're describing all of that, I was like, he reminds me of a guy that's playing in the NBA right now. Just the way he plays the game. Um, maybe his projected like impact at the NBA level. Obviously this guy was a much better shooter in college than him from deep, but they're both averaging around the same area for points. Um, sort of in the same ballpark for the rest of the categories. I get Jalen Brunson vibes. Um just sort and I'm not saying he's going to be like Jalen Brunson's about to get paid heavy his next yeah. contract. So I'm not saying like Iverson Molinar is going to be a guy that's about to get $20 million in a couple years in the NBA and free agency. But I just think that's, if you're looking for what he does when, it, when we're talking about like pace and decision-making and yeah, he's not going to be a guy that's having nine assists a game, but he also makes the right reads and keeps the offense rolling and, you know, is a guy that makes a pass to make another pass, which is a wide open shot. Like he understands where the ball is supposed to go and how it's supposed to move. So, you know, I, I mean, even his last, I think it was like his last four games, he's shooting mid 30% from three. So I do think there's tools there. Um, the shot selection is, I think is promising. I do think he's in situations where he's forcing a lot of tough shots, but it's just weird because I don't know if it's needing to be repetition from outside. I don't know if it's just like what's going on this year with more of an offensive load, but like he gets the free throw line into the the game and it's swish. Like it is automatic. He's almost 90% from the line and the the touch is beautiful. I'm like you though. I feel like you're saying off the dribble, he's definitely got to improve when it comes to like pull up shots. Uh, I just, there's there's plenty of intrigue with his game. And I don't know if I'm loving him because I have so much question marks about the hypothetical point guards ahead of him. I don't know if it's that level playing field that's kind of clashing together. I just think Molinar is this one guy that I really could see him being one of these guys that, you know, almost lies in the weeds and has some strong workouts and just starts to inch up the board and all of a sudden it's like. Molinar went 25th, you know, just because I think a team was like, Hey, that is the type of rotation player we want where we don't have to worry about him understanding how we want the offense to roll. I just really like his game. I think that's an intriguing player. So yeah, I'm calling out myself. I need to, I need to stop being a wimp and be bold about my Iverson Molinar love.
0: No, I'm glad that you brought up or that you mentioned Bronson too, um, because you know, the, the Mavs, are picking at twenty one. Uh wouldn't surprise me if someone else if Brunson goes elsewhere in the offseason because he is going to get paid. If the Mavs took Molinar at 21 to play alongside Luca and kind of be that Brunson replacement, I wouldn't hate it because I, I think he is a better off-ball shooter. He'll get plenty of those looks playing with Luca. He's a good cutter. He's I, I really like his defensive footwork. I think he's a good on-ball defender. Uh, needs to get a little stronger, but then he'd be able to attack closeouts and create and score in like that mid-range and at-rim area. So I, I think a role like that is his absolute best case scenario where he can just thrive off of someone else, the gravity that someone else on this team generates, and then use that to just make the, the right decision in whatever situation he's put in.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was completely listening to you. I was just almost kind of in a <laughs> twilight zone looking at Molinar and Brunson stats. They're like freakishly too similar that I'm like almost like, okay, wait, Did I finally, for the first time in my life, find a good pro comparison that I created? Um, No. No, no. No. Back to the drawing board.
0: Something will change. It it won't. It it never goes that smoothly.
1: Um, Who else are you? Let's just open mic it. Who else are you kind of, let's say, heating up or you're you're swimming in shark water, shark infested waters. Just, just, let's just talk about whoever you want to talk about. Like, who are you kind of like, just it's on your mind lately. You don't know what to do, or you can just tell me someone you're really, really excited about.
0: I I think Taron Armstrong falls into that, that kind of category where I, I want, I want to put him in the first round. I have him at 31. I can't quit him, man. At that size. I think he's the best playmaker in the country. Um, I think he's a really good ball handler. Um, he's
1: got go right? he to go back, right? He has to go back,
0: why?
1: Because if he goes back and 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 tears it apart, he might be a, a potentially lottery pick. I mean, I don't know. I'm doing hypotheticals. I'm just saying. I think that's the type of guy that if he goes back and really takes another step, then you're entering a really fun world.
0: So, so what what <laughs> would that step entail? Is it the is it the shooting?
1: I think it's the shooting and I think it's just unfortunately when you're in that I'm not trying to call out Cal Baptist basketball but I think when you're in that playing level you need to just be like bonker numbers and he was and he still is putting up really impressive numbers but I think if he could do that for another year with the outside shooting becoming more like adding some more muscle spending a year in the weight room then you're like okay he's going to be seriously buzzing because there's pops of everything. Like I'm like yeah. you, when you watch him, there's pops of everything, but I don't know. I, I get your point and your love of like, okay, maybe this year, but I do think I, another... I feel like
0: if he wasn't wearing a Cal Baptist Jersey, people would be talking about him as a, a lottery pick S- switch him and Blake Wesley. And what, what is the conversation? <laughs>
1: I feel bad for Cal Baptist. No, <laughs> no I, I hear what you're saying. I. It's weird. I, I don't know if like no, he'll stay there. I was gonna say does he become? They're not doing the stupid transfer thing where guys can just go transfer wherever they want, are, are they?
0: Um, I thought so, but I I think his, his brothers they? on the team. So
1: oh yeah, well you know, he's got brotherly love. No, I I don't know. I think that's rich for me. I understand you can't. You you can't fight that feeling anymore. <laughs> You're ever love lost? Do um, you have so, so anyone else?
0: What about you? Um, you while know, I search, is there, is there anyone that...
1: I'm really falling for EJ Liddell. I don't want to go too deep into that. Um, yeah. Harrison Ingram of Stanford buzz mm. bugged me in the beginning of the year, and I'm sort of starting to see it, and I'm getting a little intrigued. Um, and he was a guy I was out on, but for everyone that listened to my podcast on draft deeper, I always say, keep going back and watching more slate of guys throughout the year. And I just finally saw some plays where I was like, Whoa, okay. I see it. Like, I see what people were talking about. There's just some intriguing stuff there. Um, so, so,
0: so, what, what is it? Just dot, quickly dive a little deeper into that because I, I I'm, I'm intrigued. I have him at like 36 right now. It's the right. basketball IQ that really jumps off the page for me, but I'm not sure how that kind of lack of athleticism or lack of shooting really fits in yet. And you know, I, I, I obviously need to watch more, um, as I do on most of these guys. But what, what, what is it specifically that's kind of popping off for you?
1: So I had him in the exact same range you had him. Okay. And I saw the same thing. I was like, okay, looks like a, a good athlete, young, some tools to work with. Um, the shot looked solid. It just needed consistency. And then I saw him a couple of times do some stuff off the dribble, just like the fact that he tried it and how fluid it looked. And okay. um, he had like a step back or two where I was like, whoa, like, okay. like And, and then the basketball IQ, like you're saying, there just seems like there's, you know, a, I think he's around six eight and he's young. Um, he's, I got him listed. He's gonna be nineteen when he's drafted. Yeah. There just seems like there's some there's some upside there, and that's when I finally saw him showcase some of those, you know, flashes. I was like, okay, whoa, 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 I see it. Like, I, I see what everyone's buzzing about. Because um, I think I I moved him up to twenty fourth, which was a big jump for me from my previous big board because I was kind of like. I'm not, I don't know about him. I don't know why I'm not seeing it. And then I watched a couple more games of his and I was like, Whoa, that, that got me. All right. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely one though. I need to watch, go back and watch more. Like you're saying, I I need to watch everyone again. I could watch someone every every single game and I'll be like, Hey, I need to go watch them again. So (laughs) it'll be interesting when I watch him again, because I'll be wondering like, do I need to move him more? Or I feel pretty confident about that range. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to think of anybody else. Sohan, I understand the intrigue. I'm not there yet. I did have him. In okay, interesting. so I, I
0: I have him at ten.
1: Whoa, <laughs> Tyler Metcalf, you kiss your mother with that mouth? I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Metcalf. Um, why ten?
0: Um, I I, I think I I think he's a legitimate. Three four position defender. I think the defensive IQ is through the roof. I really like the passing, the rebounding, um, just the the overall feel for the game. I think is really special. And yeah, uh, I, I I am also I I know the shot hasn't really been there, um, but I think the mechanics are sound enough. Where just a few kind of tinkering things here and there make him you know a, a legitimate spot up threat. So wh- why do you hate? Jeremy,
1: it's Suhan, right?
0: Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe
1: I, so. I, I, I pronounced it incorrectly. I think. um Can you, before I give you my answer, can you give me like I hate pro comparisons, but can you give me just a name you're thinking of? <sighs> Doesn't have to be perfect. Everyone listening, take it easy on them. I hate <laughs> pro comparisons. I'm just saying, like, I'm a big believer of like vibes of or shades of, where it's like, yeah. So
0: this- I I get a lot of like. Slightly less, less like a mix
1: of like Jared Vanderbilt
0: and Kyle Anderson.
1: Is it just you wanted to plug Jared Vanderbilt, so that's why you said Jared Vanderbilt? Because you're well like speaking of, no.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, <laughs> the way the way he he rebounds and cuts and kind of moves off ball, and then how active he is off ball defensively. Um, I that's really where I see like the Vanderbilt stuff, and then like the passing, um, the kind of outside shooting, the movement, the basketball IQ stuff is really where I get the Kyle Anderson vibes
1: I get like and this is for people that don't realize how crazy I am this should pretty much tell you how crazy I am I get like a defensive minded athletic Boris DL vibe yeah. from watching yeah. him um and that's why I have him 28 because I was like I didn't I hadn't watched a lot of them and I started watching him and I was like okay this is a first rounder, like I just said. Like this is a first round guy that, you know, we've been doing the no ceilings composite big boards. There's plenty of movement. Guys have them all over the place. I just from the brief couple of games I watched of Suhan, I was like, this is a first rounder, just because I was like, some NBA playoff team is going to be intrigued with the defensive ability that that upside he has, his age, his frame, um, just how much potential he has. And I was intrigued with the outside shot a little bit more than like, I was like, okay, it's, it, there's, there's solid stuff there that yeah. can be worked with. Um, I think it might've been the games I watched and everyone listening, that is important because I watched a yeah. small slate of games and I think it's important like those games I watched. I just saw a couple of plays where I was like, it's fundamentals defensively. He, he it was against Bama. And I, he had a strong game against them, but I just saw him a couple times, got switched onto smaller guards, and they just, you know, Bama guards are explosive, so they gave him some problems where it was just like he got his body into them, trying to keep up with them. That happens. I understand. But I was just like, okay, fundamentals, he, he's a little upright, you just got to get down, like that's stuff you can fix. So, but he also made some plays in that game where I'm like, great decision, great pass, like rebounding his butt off. So I definitely see it there. Um, I could see myself moving him up the more I watch. It was just amazing to hear you say, 10. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> but I, I do like Patrick Williams rose. And there's a guy with a similar vibe there where it's like strong defenders plays the game the right way young, where you think there's serious upside. Um, so that wouldn't be a surprising one. And that's another guy that, it, just gets in front of teams, and teams might be just like, "Whew, okay." And I think he's tough. I think he's nasty. Um, and, and I have him twenty eighth, and I was like, I'm probably gonna end up moving him up way higher. So that's that's only I'm, I'm I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying I'm 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 warming up. I put it, I put it on the burner, and the burner just started to heat up. So I gotta <laughs> watch more film.
0: Well, I, I I think that in a couple weeks then uh, we we'll, we may have to have a, have a more in depth debate on him then, especially if you if you don't see the light. Um, and I I have to take you to church over it because I will. Um, <laughs> I know you will.
1: That's it, a, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting.
0: It. So, is there any anyone else you wanted to get any burning thoughts off on, or if not? um what's the best thing about the basketball world you've seen
1: no i'm not gonna do it anymore because um i could do this all night and you know (laughs) i don't want to do that for the listeners we'll save that for another time um best thing i've seen in basketball all week is um my boston celtics making a trade for Derek white getting really really strong defensively and um i've just really really enjoyed the way that They've been playing lately. I feel like Udoka's finally got his feet wet, wet as a coach. They've been thriving since December. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty pumped about that. What else, Metcalf? What was the best thing you've seen? And uh, they're up by 27 at halftime <laughs> against the Sixers. As we're recording, let's go. Sorry, okay, okay. You're <laughs> you I'm, call I'm me off with the Timberwolves? <laughs> I'm about to believe and get hurt really quick. What's the best thing?
0: Uh, Jared Allen making his first all-star game. Well, well, well-deserved. He's had a hell of a year and that, that, that Cleveland team is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I was really glad that he got in. Um, but Rucker plug away, tell the people where they can support you, what you, what you have coming up.
1: Uh, no ceilings. That's com. That's where I'm at. And my personal Twitter account is, um, at Tyler underscore Rucker. If you guys want to chit chat, talk about life. What I've got going up, I will have a piece tomorrow morning. While you guys are probably listening to this, I'm going to be diving back, going overseas with my foreign relations pieces. Um, pretty excited about the upcoming two guys from the international class. I'm going to talk about. You'll have to figure out who it is tomorrow, but uh, a hint: it's a electric point guard. So I'm pretty excited about that, and. Um, also working on another prospect video, or I'm stirring who it's going to be on, but need to get that up. And um, yeah, Metcalf, you, you plug Metcalf. You've been working on great stuff. So what do you got? Um,
0: I will have another Friday screener coming out soon. Well, this Friday, um, hence the name. Nice, we're on um, a good roll there. But I, I may I, I may have to coordinate with you because it sounds like we may be accidentally writing about the same person so i may have oh, to pivot we, so i can't so, switch
1: it up easily so we'll talk after this yeah you so see it, that guy it, it'll he's be, making me shift my whole momentum
0: it'll be it'll be tbd but tbd will just have to go over to to no ceilings and follow us to to make sure that you, that you find out uh please make sure to go follow tyler rucker and read everything he writes. It's really good stuff, um, especially his philosoph- his more philosophical piece he put out the other week. Um, but once again, I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TMetcalf11. And please make sure to subscribe to the No Ceilings Substack at noceilings.substack.com where you can find all of our written work. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at No Ceilings NBA. The Substack is completely free and gets delivered directly to your inbox. Zero excuses not to subscribe. Um, If if you really want to help support us, too, please make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. We're really trying to do more stuff over there, more video stuff. And the bigger the following over there gets, uh, you know, that will help us hopefully potentially generate some some more income, which will only help us do more cool things for you guys and keep it free for you, because that's what we love to do. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review and a five star rating until next time. See ya.